listening to a Called Collective podcast, where we seek to equip the next generation of ministry leaders. The Called Collective produces multiple podcasts, which you can find in the description below. To learn more about The Called Collective, visit our website at thecalledcollective.org or check us out on Instagram at The Called Collective. Check, check, check. No, it was terrible. <laughs> it did not, you did not make it work. so bad. That was terrible. That was such a I bad sermon. <laughs> What's up, guys? Welcome back to The Modern Parables. I'm your host, Isaac Steiner, and I'm joined today, actually, by a new host. Her name is Haley. Haley, would you give a little introduction to yourself so the people know who you are? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, my name is Haley Fouts. I am in my first year of master's at Indiana Wesleyan University studying practical theology. I love ministry. I feel really called into children's and youth ministry, specifically camp ministry, I've been blessed with a lot of great opportunities, such as serving at Spring Hill Camps and um, Christ in Youth Camps. So yeah, I just love it. I love ministry. I love camp. So there we are. That's amazing. We're happy to have you on here. And if you guys that are listening ever go on to the Call Collective page and you see any graphic design, that's probably Haley. Mm. So With the assistance of Canva. So I won't take all the credit. (laughs) Anything aesthetically pleasing on our site is her. Mm -hmm. But... We have a special guest today. If you have been one that's been listening to Modern Parables, you will remember this name. The former host, Tyler Sanders. What's Welcome. Up? What's up, everybody? Happy to be back. Love it. Love it. I'm excited. You want to give just a little intro to yourself? For sure, people? sure. Um, as Isaac said, I used to be the host here. Uh, moved out of it so I could give other people the fun opportunity to be a part of the podcast. Happy to do that. I am currently the director of the Called Collective. I've been uh, an executive pastor, an assistant pastor in the past, and uh, also got get to be a part of the Kern ministry program at Indiana Wesleyan, which is one of my favorite things to do. And you two are Kernies, and that's wonderful and awesome. And just excited to be back here because this is so fun. Yeah. And uh, since you know how this works, you brought a Bible passage. I did. I did. I got it. Bring. I got it right here. Hebrews twelve verses one through three. One of my favorite. Oh my god. Little passages here. Classic. Chocked full of stuff. And uh, Isaac, would you like me to read this? Dude, I would love for you to read okay, this. Okay, awesome. All right, here, I'll read it, okay? Hebrews, tra- Hebrews 12, 1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith, For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. The word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be to to God. God. Yeah. Wow. Good passage. Good stuff. (laughs) There's a lot there. There's There's a lot. In the the three three verses. Mm -hmm. But the, uh, the thing that always stands out to me, the thing that, Maybe I won't ever be able to necessarily explain in full, but the great cloud of witnesses. Mm-hmm. Like that's such a beautiful, it just paints a beautiful picture that we're a part of a something that goes back into the history, like with the great cloud of witnesses, with like I'm in in the family with Paul, with Peter, with all of them that yeah. we read about and we consider as like superheroes, right? Mm-hmm. Of the faith. That's that right. Like, they're a great cloud of witness surrounding me. 
and yeah. surrounding you. And like when you're in an airplane and you fly like directly through a cloud, you can't see anything else. Mm-hmm. All you can see is just the cloud. Mm-hmm. You are just surrounded by the cloud. It's so close that you can't see one inch in front of your eyes. That's how tightly packed the cloud of witnesses is together. And I think that's a great picture is a cloud. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. This is actually one of my favorite passages. Um, this is actually one of our memory passages for camp. So Ooh. I got all the moves packed down <laughs> for the <laughs> elementary schoolers. Oh, goodness. Um, but something that sticks out to me is saying where it says, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. God has a race that he has placed on our lives. And races sometimes are not easy. Like they're hard. Mm-hmm. I used to be a runner. I'm not a runner anymore. If I were to do a race right now, I would be miserable. Um, but thankfully, we have a God who is just so good and so gracious. And he gives us that encouragement to finish strong and to just trust what the finish line looks like. Like it is a good race, but it's not always going to be easy. And so that's just what sticks out to me. That's right. And in baseball, when they when they teach you how to run the bases in baseball, they tell you don't look at the ball. Mm. Look at the next base. Mm. And you go next base, next base, next base till you get to home. And you have guides along the way to tell you when to stop, when to go. You're, you're also looking for that guide or whatever. And wow. in the same way, run with perseverance the race marked for you, fixing your eyes on Jesus, mm-hmm. Jesus being the base you need to get to and continually go towards. And, uh, yeah, race. There's a lot of different imagery in this mm-hmm. oh, three-verse yeah. little passage here. Because I also think, like, it says run the race set for you. You know, it's mm-hmm. not, I'm not running the race set for Tyler or for Haley. Mm. And so, like, the only thing, like, when when you mentioned with the baseball, like, don't focus on the baseball. I'm not to focus on anything other than the bases and, mm-hmm. and Jesus, mm-hmm. the guide, mm-hmm. telling me when to steal, like, go to the next base, you know, yep, yep. or when to stay at the at a certain base. That's right. And I'm not to look at anything else or anyone else as, as how to run my race. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I can look at it as a model of, like, you've been faithful with your race, but how am I to be faithful in my race that the Lord has has set out for me, and it's going to look different. Some seasons will be easier than when you're in a hard season, but sometimes it's the same, you know? But the one thing that really stuck out to me again was let us throw off everything that hinders Mm -hmm. us, Mm -hmm. and then it it mentions the sin. So, like, it's saying throw off more than just the sin in your life. Mm -hmm. That's, like, Mm -hmm. first and foremost. Like, throw out the sin that's in your life. Kill it, right? But then what just hinders you? What stops you from running full speed ahead? For Jesus Christ, because I think of the times when when Paul in in like Second Corinthians, I think, or First Corinthians in the beginning, he says like I've considered, I want to know nothing else other than Christ and Him crucified. Mm-hmm. You know that he thinks that there's nothing worth more than knowing the surpassing knowledge of Christ mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and His suffering to know Him to be with Him, and that's the, like the kind of language we get here, where it's like nothing else matters. Yeah. Everything in your life should be geared to helping you run mm-hmm. towards Christ and running the race well, and with perseverance, yeah. right? But if there's anything that stops you from doing that, that needs to be thrown off. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. this is first and foremost. But what I see in my own life and in others, it's like, ah, it might hinder me or whatever. But since Christ isn't my first and foremost priority, mm-hmm. I'll keep those things, those weights, those chains on me because he's not my he's not my biggest priority. Yeah. Yeah. And talking about the sin that so easily entangles, I think of bubblegum. Okay. Okay. So <laughs> shoot up bubblegum in your hair. Okay, that's the one thing that parents, when you have kids, you don't want to give them bubble gum because you know that if they get in their hair, it's done. Oh. Mm-hmm. We either got to cut the hair off yep. or we have to find uh, some other method to get it off. Like, you know, whatever it is, freeze it, put it in peanut butter, whatever the, the, 
the way to get the bubble gum off. But the more the bubble gum is in places, the more it entangles the yeah. thing that it's covering and sticking mm-hmm. to. And it would have to take a miracle or an extreme measure like coming to Christ to get that sin to go away. Dang. Yeah. I, as soon as you said that, I remember when my brother put his stupid gum that he's chewing in my hair. <laughs> I was so mad because then I was trying to pull out and hurt my hair and all this stuff. And my parents were like, we just got to cut your hair. I was like, what? No, no, no. Yep. They're like, well, you're not going to be able to get out any other way. Yeah. And I think of when Jesus says, like, if your right hand causes you mm. to sin, mm. cut it off. Yeah. Mm. And so I was talking with a friend because the other day I was wearing a shirt from a friend uh, in Woven Threads. Shout out, John yeah. the Panzu. Mm. He, uh, it says, kill sin on it. Yep. And it's yeah. like. We don't play with it. We don't play with it. Like, Ooh, we, we don't, don't play, play with it. We That's don't play good. with it. We don't play with it like we good. play with fire. Like you don't play mm-hmm. with fire, right. you're gonna get burned. Same thing with sin. You don't dabble in it. You mm-hmm. don't play with it. You don't toe the line. Yeah. You cut it off. You cut the head mm-hmm. off the snake. Yep. You know. And you don't play with that bubble gum, kids. Oh, uh, you don't no. play with it. Nope. Yeah. Nope. Don't put it in that hair. <laughs> yeah, I think like with this race, like this whole race is just like a walk of faith, and so and it's like. Our sin, like we're saying, like Jesus is the one who easily entangles it, but it also calls that Jesus is the pioneer and perfecter of our mm, faith. Yes. Like we can try as hard as we want to run the race of faith, but without Jesus, you know, perfecting that, then we we will not finish. We will not finish well. Mm. Yeah. I think of, especially in my own life, and, I, and I've heard my parents talk about it a lot too, and just parenting and parenting us is like, we're going to try to lead you. We're going to try to guide mm-hmm. you guys. But at the end of the day, it's the Lord's work. And the same thing with us, like as pastors and working with people, like we want to bring them to salvation, but we're not the ones that save them. Mm-mm. And so at the end of the day, we're just to be faithful with with our race. God's the one who is the author of their faith and the perfecter of it. Mm. And so I think of also the freshmen that come in here as Kearney's, Eddie, Eddie Shigley will always say, he's like, you'll hear them at their cohort. Oh, that's heresy. That's mm-hmm. wrong. Yeah. You shouldn't say that. But you don't correct everything because over time, God will refine that. Mm-hmm. He's the one who's refining their faith and is going to perfect that. Mm-hmm. And he's the one that will go on that process. We don't we do not do that. We might help a little, but at the end of the day. Because it actually might be a hindrance. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. That correction might be hindrance. It might be a good correction, but it could hinder mm-hmm. something greater. Yeah. We actually might be like the Pharisees putting on a heavier yoke and a heavier burden than Jesus ever set out to give them. Yeah. Mm. I heard a joke recently. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> about the, the Sadducees, that they're sad to see. Okay, anyway. Sad to see? Oh, yeah. oh my gosh. <laughs> a, fr- a freshman told me that joke. Wow. <laughs> it has nothing to do with the fact that they don't believe in, like, the resurrection. Is it them? They don't believe in the yeah, resurrection? Yeah, they don't believe in yeah. the resurrection. Well, either way. So, yeah, life is sad if you don't believe in the <laughs> resurrection. Because your actually. life is just over. Yep, yep. Well, Tyler, thank you for bringing that. And yeah. for you that have been listening, you guys know that we start in the Word to root ourselves in, in God's word and stick in the truth. So that way, as we transition to this random word generator so and come up with sermon illustrations, we can stay biblically rooted. Mm-hmm. And so without further ado, let's get to it. And the first word, Yoda. Oh, Ooh, no. Yoda. <laughs> I have actually never seen Star Wars. What? <laughs> so I will gladly... Try my best. <laughs> this comes from Miss Marvel, Miss yeah, Avatar I, The Last I Airbender. Know, I know. It is the it, biggest shock of anyone I ever tell anyone because they're like, you're such a nerd. Yeah. And that's I was going to say, but it's going to be rude. <laughs> no, it's okay. I embrace it. And I'm aware. It's because 
I'm just such a busy gal. I know I will obsess over Star Wars, mm-hmm. and I cannot give the time commitment it deserves. That's hey. fair. Um, but one day, one day, one day. I will watch all of it. There and you go. Out of college, out of school. Out of college, yeah. you know. So. There you go. Yeah. You're gonna you're gonna be like working with kids at a camp, and they love Star Wars. You're gonna be like, I need to connect with these kids. I know, mm-hmm. but I binge great. all of it. <laughs> Marvel. If this was Marvel, I would be solid. Yeah. I'd be set. So at the so. very least, you know who Yoda is. I do. You know, and of I Yoda. know Grogu is Baby Yoda. Right? In name only. Only in He's name. He's not actually Baby Yoda. He's not actually Baby Yoda. But yeah, we <laughs> we it's believed of the same species. Gotcha. Uh, For a while, the name was Baby Yoda because we didn't know. His, his name. name. Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. Because and it looked like Yoda. And yeah. it's like is he's 50, but he looks like a baby or something. Oh, Grogu mm-hmm. is? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because Yoda dies at like 900 years wow. old. A- age like yeah. crazy. Yeah. And uh but Yoda, he always talks wrong, right? So have you heard any Yoda quotes before? Do or do not. There is no try. I feel like I've heard one maybe. Something about wisdom, maybe? (laughs) (laughs) When 900 years old, you get, look as good, you will not. Oh, Yeah, he talks backwards. Yeah. Love it. But do you have any other interesting facts about Yoda that could help Haley? He's really short. I know what he looks like. He's one of the most... Okay, so here, I'll start with the sermon illustration type thing. Yes, let's go. So when we're introduced to Yoda in Empire Strikes Back, he comes off as a comical, like idiotic creature that just wants to cause trouble in Luke's life. Like, oh, I'm going to get into all your stuff, and oh, I'm going to eat your food and stuff. And then it turns out that is the most powerful Jedi in the history of Jedi. At that time, that's what Mm -hmm. we were led to believe. And it took Obi-Wan Kenobi's voiceover coming over and talking to Yoda for us to believe that this person is actually Yoda. So there's this whole misdirection that Yoda's going through, and then presents as something else something he and so how do you connect that to a spiritual thing i got it okay <laughs> don't worry about it. don't worry about it. i'll run with it let's see how it okay, goes the go. first thing that came to mind was something we were talking about earlier before this podcast started was jesus being the messiah mm. the way that he came the way that he acted yeah the way that he did things and mm. behaved the way he spoke all this was so contrary to what people believed the messiah would be just as yoda being the strongest Jedi that has mm-hmm. ever been, the wisest. You hear him, you're like, he's dumb, like he's an idiot character. He's just comical. Like, yeah. it's to be mm-hmm. funny, right? But then you find out, no, he's the greatest warrior there's been. Mm-hmm. He's the wisest Jedi mm-hmm. that there's been. And so it's like, how could you believe that? And it's so yeah, wild and contrary to how you would think the greatest Jedi would be. Yeah. But the same thing, when Jesus came as the Messiah, he came in a humble way. Dude, that's good. Not as this royal prince and king that sits, sits on a throne in the world, but as a carpenter mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and lowly. Mm-hmm. And so you can kind of make that connection. So did you Dude, Yoda, that was rescuing me just right like there, old right times. There, right there. So you said Obi-Wan Kenobi was the one who said that it was. So it's like Jesus, whenever he gets baptized, like the dove. Mm. Oh, comes down. man, that's great. Boom. That's good stuff. I was just thinking like John the Baptist with that, bro. That's Prepare awesome. the way. That's so cool. But I also, never thought of that's awesome. Yeah, that's really cool. Because I was also thinking about like, because um, when you learn more, mm-hmm. and it comes back to like the the three before, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, Yoda talks about the chosen one being Anakin. Yeah, and all this. But so like with Yoda, I kind of got the image of John the Baptist because he's like crazy and all these mm-hmm. things. He's out in the wild. He eats. He dresses whack and all that. But then 
he's the one who prepares the way for the chosen one right. to come. Not that Yoda prepared the way, but that he's the one who spoke out and was like, if he is the one that's yeah. prophesied to come, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, that's just a little connection, not necessarily a sermon on that. And there's, there's, I think, another scene that's really good, and I think I have a spiritual connection for this one now. Um, but in, do you know Darth Vader is... Luke's father? Okay, great. Uh, that is the most important <laughs> thing. At the time that was said, back in 1978 or 79, whenever uh, Empire Strikes Back came out, nobody believed it. Audiences thought Darth Vader was lying. Okay? George Lucas then had to start uh, Return of the Jedi after they escaped Jabba's palace with Yoda. They need What was said was they needed a trustful voice, a trustworthy mm. voice to say and confirm that, yes, in fact, Darth Vader is your father. Because yeah. Luke, point blank, has, it's like, but is he really my father? And Yoda's like, yeah, yeah, he <laughs> is, right? And so um, in our lives, sometimes somebody will say something to us. Mm. Somebody will maybe speak a word mm. or something like that to us that seems outrageous, unbelievable, even thinks that can't be true whatsoever. And then God, the trustworthy voice, the still small voice, the one that we the sheep know the shepherd's voice, comes behind that and says, that is a go. good word. There you mm -hmm. go. And a tr he's a trustworthy voice in that, That's a in good that one. way. And just with Yoda, I mean, you go into Star Wars, like, there's so many connections versus, mm -hmm. versus good and evil. You know? Absolutely. And so, but sometimes I think of Yoda, like, I remember some of my roommates are watching, like, Star Wars again, because they're such Star Wars geeks and all that. It's good movies. But he's, like, when he's with Anakin and, like, Anakin's wrestling with his whole, like, nightmares about... Um, yeah, his about mom and uh, Padme. His mom and then Padme and all that. And Yoda's giving this wise, like, insight. But it's given in a way I'm just like, dude, if I was in Anakin's position, I'd be mm -hmm. like, screw you, bro. <laughs> yeah. Like, he's saying, he's saying, I'm afraid that of my mom dying. I'm afraid Padme's going to die, all these things. And Yoda's like, bro, just don't be attached to the things in this world. Yeah, <laughs> it leads to the dark side. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But I mean, think about for us when we get really attached to things, and I'm not talking about don't get attached to relationally. Like we yeah. should be relational people, but when that is the end all, be all, it will drive us down a dark path. Like I remember seeing people with with sports. When sports don't go their way, if they're so attached to it, yeah, then it affects everything, and they could become just so. Or, sad, yeah. angry, like, or they get hurt and they can yeah. never play again. Yeah, and then they lose their whole life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. It's more like your identity. Yeah. All right. Well, I think we beat Yoda yeah. to a pulp, so um, <laughs> we'll go on to the next one. Let's do Let's it. Let's see what it is. Deodorant. Perfect. Do for the bo. Do you guys wear deodorant? Yes. Uh, yes and no. Wow. So I I don't typically smell bad, like in my armpits. Um, and I barely sweat. So I know you okay. guys are learning more about me than you wanted to, but <laughs> I barely sweat. Um, so I just spritz on a little cologne and call it good. And wow. Kara would tell me if I stank. So it's kind of the, still the same manner, though. Like what deodorant's for yes. and like what? M masking, masking. A, masking a scent. Exactly. Masking and a bad odor. Anybody want to hop on that? Yeah, like the idea of, the idea of, you know, you have BO and just because you put deodorant on doesn't mean it solved the BO, mm -hmm. right? It just cancels it out, covers it up, whatever, right? Um, it doesn't get to the root issue of the the stink, you know? Mm -hmm. um, you know what I've heard? I'd have to, uh, I've just heard many people talk about this, that 
your BO really does depend on what you eat. Yeah. And if yeah, you eat true. a lot of greens and a lot of vegetables, mm-hmm. it actually, you don't really have BO. Mm-hmm. But if you eat a lot of meat and that's it, yeah, it's see? like your BO. That's why I think I have bad BO. <laughs> Just because I'm not a big vegetable eater. No, yeah, you know? but if you eat, if you eat junk food, fast food, soda, if you drink those things, you typically smell worse. Why the heck don't you smell bad? Then? I'm an anomaly, man. You're an anomaly. I don't know. It's probably unhealthy that I don't sweat as much as I should, but <laughs> and I've li- but I lived in Florida all my life and just didn't sweat like at all, really. Yeah. Even when I played baseball in the summers, like just yeah. my forehead and my back, and that's it. Hmm. That's interesting, just because it's like for me, deodorant. You know, I don't really necessarily use it to like. Oh, I hope people just don't smell me. It's like. Oh, deodorant is just kind of a hygiene thing now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But for what it does is to, like, make sure people don't really smell it, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, put it down a little bit. Uh, and really, it doesn't get to the root problem. It's like, yep. dude, you're going to have to keep doing this, and it's and it's not going to do what you really need for your body to smell good and not have that right. BO. Yep. You need to change something your else, habits. like your BO, mm-hmm. like your, uh, your diet, yeah. you know? I need to eat vegetables, man. Yeah. Gosh, dang it. And to speak pot in a... I know we're saying negative things about deodorant, just masks stuff, but an antiperspirant deodorant, right? Uh, so somebody who profusely sweats from their armpits, but specifically somebody who wears like a dress shirt mm-hmm. that is a white dress shirt that mm-hmm. is very visible and kind of gross and it dries yellow, you know, all that yep. junk. People wear antiperspirant deodorant to prevent that from happening. Mm-hmm. So the spiritual connection being that the antiperspirant deodorant this would be great for like a middle school camp or oh, something yep. like Jesus is the antiperspirant deodorant, right? Prevents, prevents this, like the, the more we rely on Jesus, the more we rely on Christ, the less the sweat that's boiling up inside yeah. us comes out and spills yep. out. Mm-hmm. And the sin that so easily entangles us is there. The more we lean into Christ. Yeah. Yeah. I think for me, like deodorant, like, I mean, yeah, it doesn't get down to the root issue. But, like, I've been in such a habit of putting deodorant on every day. If I don't, like, if I lost it, whatever, I feel disgusting. Yeah. Like, I'm like, I have to get deodorant from somewhere. Like, when we were traveling this summer, like, could not find my deodorant. Um, and so first gas station we were at, I was like, I have to buy new deodorant. <laughs> yeah. Like, I was like, I feel disgusting. So it's like when you get in routine of things that you know that you need, like, if you're, if you are, if it's something that you do need and it's good, it's like, if I don't have this, like, I feel disgusting. I feel gross. So it's like if I'm not in my word yeah. every day, like in that routine, like Ooh. that's what that's where I was gonna go next. And that's great. if I'm not in my word every day and I'm not in that routine, but I know that it's something that I need, like I feel gross. I feel disgusting. I feel awful. And I need to have that desire, that same desire for my word to get into that. Yeah, and going off of that too, it's there is a confidence. Like you might not smell bad, mm-hmm. but when you wear deodorant, you smell good. Yeah. Mm. And so there's a confidence that you can lean into. And mm-hmm. it, just like you were saying getting into the word every day, getting connected with the Lord in the morning, that gives you confidence and yeah. it refreshes your soul for the rest of the day. Yeah. Deodorant's like that bright pick-me-up and crisis even more so that pick-me-up. Exactly. It's like the the passivity stuff when you start start not doing things, just mm-hmm. letting yourself go, like the the BO starts to set in more, like mm-hmm. the evil starts to creep in more, the mm-hmm. weeds start to grow. But you have to be active against it and with right. hygiene especially. Right. Yeah, and so. hygiene, like, I mean, deodorant's just one habit of many. So it's like you f- start forgetting to do deodorant, you're going to start forgetting to do other things. Like mm-hmm. if you're starting to let that go. Yes. So it's like if I'm, you know, oh, I'm not going to read my Bible. It's not as important. Like 
how is that going to feed into like my other spiritual disciplines mm-hmm. or spiritual practices? Like it's going to be a process of basically letting myself go as Amen. it would be with anyone with yep. my dream. Yep. That's fire. It's good. That's fire. Next one. Let's do it. Next one. Oh man. Apple, Apple the company. <laughs> Apple the fruit. Apple the anything. <laughs> Apple. Want to start with the company? Sure. Yeah. Since you know so Tyler much about old. Apple. Yeah. I, uh, for those that don't know, I used to work at Apple. It's one of the highlights of my life. I loved <laughs> loved working at Apple. It was so fun. They give you so many great discounts. They, but I mean, what do you think about like the Apple? You know, connected to the fall, just fit <laughs> into the Apple. I mean, look at the Apple symbol, bro. Like even on this mouse, Apple symbol, little bite out of it, little bite out yeah. of it. That's just like the fall of humanity, right? Yeah. There. So the logo, the idea for the Apple actually came from uh, the Newton's law of gravity. Right. Oh, really? And yes. So the original logo in the 70s, I believe, was actually the picture of Isaac Newton sitting under an apple tree and it hit him on the head. And that's how he theorized gravity. Right. So Mm -hmm. and they named other products after famous scientists or whatever. But the Newton was a huge product that failed ultimately for Apple. But it was the precursor ultimately to the iPhone and iPod and stuff. Mm -hmm. But but yeah, it's it's not it, it might look like it's connected to the fall. Right. But. It was scientific in in nature. (laughs) But I think uh, with Apple, the company, speaking about their very first logo, I encourage you, go look up Apple's first logo, okay? Apple's first logo is literally Isaac Newton sitting under a tree. It's complex. It's artistic. It's all this, that, and the other. And today, the logo for Apple is a graphic Apple with a bite taken out of it, right? So we can complicate the message of the gospel we can complicate mm-hmm. the message of Christ. We can complicate the spirit, the the life with Christ so much when it really just needs to be this simple. Mm-hmm. And it's once you get into the simplicity that you can dive into some more complex things. Yeah. But sometimes we offer it as a complex, convoluted thing when it just needs to be this simple yeah. message. Yeah, sometimes the first thing that you explain to someone is the complicated stuff. That's right. They won't understand the simple. That's right. But they need the simple in order to understand the complicated. Mm-hmm. And if you can't explain the complicated and simple ways, you don't really understand what you're talking about. That was beautiful, man. That was really good. And Apple's such a big product. Like, if you see something with an Apple logo, like, you want it because you Absolutely. know it. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, it's just that simple, like, this is a good product. I know what it is. I know what it's going to get mm-hmm. get me. But, I mean, I don't know a ton about Apple products, but I, I'm learning more yeah. with yep. it. And so it's, like, if you get people to not buy into, but know the simple gospel, like they're going to trust what follows. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like user-friendly too. It is. You know, yes. for me, for me not being a big tech person, I'm comfortable using Apple, especially like my phone, you yeah. know, mm-hmm. but especially with other things, I'm comfortable with using it because it's pretty user-friendly. And I think about other like big tech companies or like other things with computers and they're so complex. And I'm just like, I, I would never buy into that because I don't understand it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's too much to know. And think about people outside of Christianity, like with this Bible, it's like we've complicated this so much yeah. that I think people don't even understand what the the story arc of the Bible yeah. is. And if you come to the simplicity of it, then people are like, oh, I can understand this. Then you can get into the complexities of it. Yeah. But if you keep it complex, then only people that like the challenges and mm-hmm. think of them as smart enough to understand right. will, will buy into it. Yeah. Because on the simplicity side, you come in, you get an iPhone, it's simple. There are guardrails that Apple puts in place. On Android, you can do anything you want to your phone. You can even make it internally feel like an iPhone. 
Hmm. When I had my very first smartphone, it was an Android. It was the junkiest, brickiest <laughs> Android ever. And the first thing I did was research apps and themes and wallpapers to change it to look like an iPhone and no act way. like an iPhone. <laughs> yes, because I I really wanted an iPhone, but we just couldn't afford one, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, so but on Android, that can lead to a lot of problems. That can actually break hmm. the phone in mm -hmm. such a way that it's unusable and you have to restore the phone in order for it to work again. With And it reminds me of the passage of scripture where Paul says, everything is permissible, but not everything is constructive. Yeah. And this idea that at, 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 even in our, our lives, God gives us guardrails to follow. His word, his commands. This is, this is where you can live. You can live in between these rails mm -hmm. and within that, free will, right? Yeah. With with Android, it's anarchy. You can do whatever you want. It's sin. Android is sin. <laughs> Android is sin. <laughs> we lost all of our Android yeah, listeners that, just that, then. That's a lot of people. But but the Android model where you can do whatever you want and chaos can ensue and viruses can come in a lot more easily to an Android than an Apple wow. product. All of that being the the side of sin that there is freedom but that freedom can be very dangerous wow. and very not good. That's that's so really good. Is. That uh, that just made me think of like, because a lot of the world would just tell you like, do everything that pleases you. you yes, know? I remember uh, one of one of the, my friends this this year that I met for the first time. He was a freshman. He played a song for me that he loved. It's called "Enjoy Yourself." Now, we do not support this song, mm, but yes. it gives a good example of what like culture says. Yeah. It's just saying mm -hmm. you should enjoy yourself mm -hmm. and talking about all the things that the world enjoys. And like, just go enjoy yourself. Whatever you mm -hmm. want to do, just enjoy yourself. And people find think that's freedom. Right. But I remember Lane Bernie is talking about in one of our classes, she's like, true freedom in Christ is in obedience. Mm -hmm. And from that, and one of the examples that she gives, and I've heard other people talk about, is Torah, right? The first five books of the Old Testament, it literally means instructions. And now everybody wants to think of it as rules and restricts your life, but instructions, mm -hmm. like, think of like a chainsaw. And you get an instruction manual. You don't think that restricts you from having fun with the chainsaw. Right. It helps you prevent you harming yourself yeah. or even killing yourself or harming someone else. Mm -hmm. Because it's like, if it's saying not to do this because you could chop off an arm, mm -hmm. then you probably shouldn't do it. But here's how you use it to the fullest potential. Right. That's yeah. like what God has given us mm -hmm. in telling us how we should live. It's not to restrict us, but actually how to live life to the fullest. Mm -hmm. And there are guardrails. But in the opposite is what you use with Android. Yeah. Sin. Anarchy ensues, you know? Yeah, right. But, yeah. yeah. All right, I think we got one more. Okay, let's do it. The Great Wall, Wall of China. China. Does anybody know why the Great Wall of China was built? War. War. Am with, I right? Yes. <laughs> no, it's great. <laughs> they were racist. War with the Mongols. So Genghis Khan and the mm -hmm. Mongols. So this, this Great Wall was built... Uh, to keep out the Mongol armies of Mongolia or wherever, whatever it was called back then, from invading China. Mm. Mm. And um, did you guys hear what recently happened? Well, um, maybe. I don't know. Some kids, 20-something-year-old, they, they, I think it was 20-something-year-olds, somebody broke a piece of the wall yeah. off in the on the Great Wall of China to more easily pass through. They just chipped away at it and oh created a walkthrough space. Nobody caught it until somebody stumbled upon it and said, uh, what? <laughs> what in the world? Yeah. Yep. Is it true? I've heard a myth that as they were building it, how like long it took and how hard it was to build, that people were just dying at the work site. Probably. And they would just build on top Probably. of the yeah. dead bodies. Yeah. 
That's it's insane. Yeah. Wild. Yeah. It looks like a dragon. The back of a dragon. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. yeah. The the first thing that comes to mind is uh like when when God tells us to to guard our hearts, mm. you know, mm-hmm. and think about like with the the Mongolians wanting to to attack and to invade. They built the wall to defend themselves. Mm-hmm. And now when you look at that wall, that thing is huge, right? It's the Great Wall of China. And I'm just like, you should take that much uh like you should be that serious about guarding your heart and take yeah. that much time being willing to devote to disciplines and other things to guard your heart because I mean we know the enemy's always at attack and he's always wanting to mm-hmm. come at our heart, come at our minds. And so if we would put as much time and resources they did physically to the Great Wall of China to defending and guarding our hearts, then how much how much could we withstand in in the times of like temptation mm-hmm. because we've spent that time building up walls to to protect and to guard our hearts and our mind. It's good. I just looked up the story of the Great Wall of China, the uh, the damage. It was it's actually funnier. So there are two workers that are working around the Great Wall of China, construction workers, and apparently they widened a little tiny hole that was in the Great Wall so that they could drive their excavator <gasps> to each side of the Great Wall of China. A little tiny hole. Yes. And drive their excavators. Yeah. So they widened it large enough to fit their excavator through, and now they've been detained and arrested by police. Yep. Oh my gosh. It's uh. So, and the Great Wall of China, I guess, has been built in sections over a long period of time. Mm. This particular section dates back to the 13th time of 1368. And they did irreversible damage, apparently. Irreversible damage. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. Absolutely crazy. Great Wall of China. I mean, just just this story of, like, giving the enemy a foothold in your life. Mm. That's all he needs. It's just a little tiny foothold. Mm. And if he just has a little crack in that wall, yep. he can he can make it bigger. He can widen it. He can step right in and through and he can set up a stronghold right there. And that's good. Sometimes it would take a long time to even catch it. You might not even see mm-hmm. that it's happening or you might not even see that he has that foothold. That's what comes to mind. Hmm. I think for me it's like we were talking about like what it took to build the Great Wall of China, like all of the people, all of the involvement. Because I mean, it's huge. It's so long. It took forever. I don't know how long it took, but I'm sure it took a long mm-hmm. time. And so it's like when we're trying to protect ourselves, guard our hearts, like, yes, we rely on the Lord to guard our heart. But there's also people in our lives that can come help build those walls because we can't do it ourselves. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, who is your community that will come alongside you and help build? Like, it's going to be hard. Um, to get past some things that maybe you've dealt with or experienced in your life. But if you have those people that are going to help you, like that process is going to go mm-hmm. faster. It's going to go smoother. Um, and so like just seeking out those gifts of people from God to help guard your heart and guard your life. That's fine. I mean, you even look at the book of Nehemiah when they're re- rebuilding the walls mm-hmm. of Jerusalem. That was mm-hmm. a whole community like yep. time of working. <laughs> yeah, They all were out there building that wall, you know. But what you were talking about, that's what I was thinking like, with the foothold. Because imagine like, let's say not now, but when they built the Great Wall and they just left that little space open. That would make no sense, right? right? right. Because it's like, if someone argued, oh, it's just a little hole. Well, the army's still going to pour in through there and yeah. like, maybe it would just be less time than if you had no wall, but they would still get into the city mm-hmm. and destroy everything. Mm-hmm. And just little by little, you yeah. know, at, at a, a, a smaller time maybe or less time. But the same thing with our hearts is like, it's a little foothold. I mean, 
the devil is still getting in there and it will become a stronghold and it over time it will destroy the heart yep. so yep. that's good that's good well i think that's all that we have so tyler thank you for joining us thanks for having thanks me thanks for coming back and being a guest this time our yeah. honored guest yeah. instead of a host it was fun and haley it's yep. been fun hosting with you. Excited for the next time. Exactly. Everybody listen. Uh, we kind of have rotation of hosts. Just other people will be on here helping out. You guys have heard other people like Levi and Caleb. Haley will be on. They will be on as well. Just stay tuned for more because we have more, more guests coming with other hosts. So have a good one. You. We would also like to take a second to thank the School of Theology and Ministry at Indiana Wesleyan University for using their facilities. We want to thank the Called Collective for producing all of our podcasts. The Called Collective seeks to equip the next generation of ministry leaders. To find out more information, visit thecalledcollective.org or check us out on Instagram at The Called Collective. Once again, thank you for stopping by and listening to our crazy sermon illustrations that might actually work. Check back next week for more modern parables.